Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Okay, everyone, today I have the pleasure of having first-year medical student Gurjeet Kaur join us on this episode. Um, She is going to share with us how she managed to prepare for the MCAT and get a good enough score in order to apply. So thanks so much for joining us today, Gurjeet. We're really happy to have you. Of course. Thanks um, for having me, Dr. Capella. All right. To start out with, I'd love our listeners to be able to get to know a little bit about you. So tell us a little bit about your background to start out with what, where did you grow up and what was your upbringing like? Yeah, of course. So um, I grew up in Central California in a really small town like near Merced. So it was really agricultural area. Um, Both of my parents immigrated from India at like a really young age. So as like the oldest of four, we all had to like kind of navigate just my parents living in a new country with like learning a new language and everything. And then so from an early age, I kind of firsthand learned about like access and barriers to different social services, including healthcare specifically, um, because my dad has a bunch of chronic health issues. So at a young age, I was exposed to um, the healthcare system and just how it's difficult for people, especially people who might not speak English well or people who are from a lower socioeconomic status um, to access services that they might need. And so that's kind of what initially interested me in, like, I guess, pursuing healthcare and just like possibly becoming a doctor as a um, young kid. Wonderful. And then where did you end up going to college? Yeah, so um, I attended undergrad at UCLA. And fun fact, that was like the first time I'd ever been out of Central California was like Uh when I went to my orientation for UCLA. So it was definitely like a culture shock and like just Um, learning that the world is not mostly like people of color, like in central California or like not mostly low income people either. Uh Um, so I, I attended undergrad there and I majored in, um, physiological sciences and I also minored in society and genetics and college was, I guess, besides like the cultural shock of just moving into a really big town, it was kind of difficult because coming from a really small high school, I think I wasn't prepared um, well enough in terms of just taking like the really academic classes and like just the rigor of the classes at UCLA, especially the pre-med classes was very difficult. And then I also was working about like 20 hours a week just because I needed the finances to support um, living in LA. And that made it very difficult to try to focus on just studying. And that transition was not the easiest. And I did have to retake a few classes, but in the end, I was still able to get to me- get into medical school. So if folks have to retake classes, it's it's all right. Um, and it's understandable, too. Yeah, I love that. I always tell people, too, I failed some classes. I had to retake them. It's OK. You can still become a doctor. All right. So once you got to the point where you wanted you knew you wanted to apply to medical school, were you already done with college by that point? Or tell us a little bit about how that transition to actually applying to medical school was like for you. Yeah, so um, I graduated in 2016, and so I took about like four years off in between actually starting med school. So like during my senior year in college, like I had an idea I wanted to be in healthcare and like work with underserved populations, but I didn't know if 
being a physician specifically in med school was the right route for me, especially because I did feel a little burnt out from the pre-med curriculum of undergrad. So I decided to um, explore other interests that I had. So I was, I've always been interested in education. So I did like a gap year working with an AmeriCorps program and teaching for a year um, in a fourth grade classroom in Watts. And after that year, I realized that I was, I'm still passionate about education, but I wanted to tie it in with healthcare. And so I um, moved back home and I helped establish like a community health worker program for a nonprofit clinic and combined education with healthcare. And we were able to talk to communities about um, different topics that they they were interested in but didn't have exposure to. So we talked about like domestic violence. We talked about cyberbullying. We talked about mental health and just a whole bunch of topics that pertain to health, but sometimes it's not addressed in doctor's visits. And so that's when, and like working alongside physicians and nurses and all these other team members that like, you know, make up the medical team. Um, I realized that like being a physician was something that would help me fulfill my goals. So during that year, I had decided, okay, so I do want to go to med school. And I had tried to apply during that year, but it was definitely a rushed application because like I originally wasn't planning on applying that cycle, but my dad had gotten sick suddenly. And one of my major um, motivators for going to med school was to like, you know, have my parents see me in that white coat because like of their sacrifices and like have them see me there. So that's kind of what like drove me to submit the application within a month of taking the MCAT and getting all the stuff ready, which I would not recommend. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I, it didn't work out, but through that cycle, I realized that I didn't know a lot of stuff. Um, and I didn't have mentors that could help me because I didn't know people who had applied to med school. Like I was the first person in my family to go to college, let alone trying to go into the medical field. So I found out like firsthand that there was a lot that I didn't know about the process. So that's when I decided to find mentors through like a postback program and like better inform myself and figure out what I don't know, because there was a big information gap. I feel like finding mentors and just having access to resources really did help me become better informed about how to take the MCAT, how to get my application set up. And just like the timeline of applying to, which I had no idea how it worked. So, so then I was able to take like a year off to like fine tune my application and like also take the time to like, um, I guess, work on myself personally, along with professionally to make sure I was set to start med school. And then I was able to successfully apply and like matriculate in 2020. So it all worked out. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So as I understand it, you took the MCAT twice. Tell us a little bit about what that first time taking it was like, you kind of rushed it, you mentioned, but how did you prepare that time? And how did you feel taking the test? I had decided, I think, like kind of on a whim. So I had, so the whole process of me signing up for the MCAT and taking it was like a month apart. Um, so I had gotten like some free MCAT books from like a friend that had already taken it. So I think they're like Kaplan or Princeton books. And so I just gotten a bunch of those books. And what I did was like go through like maybe like three chapters a day of just like random topics through those books. So I would just be taking notes and highlighting And it was a bunch of like, now looking back on it, it was a bunch of like passive learning because I was just focusing on content review and I wasn't really doing practice questions. I think like I had, I had enough money saved up to like buy, I think one of the AMC full length practice tests. So I had saved that towards the end, like a week before my practice, like my actual test. And I had taken that. But other than that, like there wasn't really any other practice questions that I was taking besides like the ones that were provided in the Kaplan and Princeton books. 
And so like, that's what I would do. Like I would wake up in the morning and just go through the chapter. So it was more so content review and not really active question taking that I was doing, which was definitely different compared to the second time. So the second time I took the MCAT, I definitely had a more structured study schedule and I had split up the study schedule into three months compared to the one month the first time. And I was fortunate enough because through my postback program, they had they were able to provide us with like UWorld question banks and like the entire question banks from the AMC. They're able to provide us with like next step full length tests. Like it was so much that I alone would not have been able to afford. So I was really grateful for that. And I made sure I used them. So I would make sure I did questions every single day. And like I would, if there was like certain questions that I was missing and I noticed patterns, I would make sure that I would do content review based off of those trends. Like if I was, I remember physics and like specifically like the physics of the eyes and the lens was really difficult for me. So I would make sure like I was using Khan Academy or other resources based off of the practice questions and the trends I saw that way instead of prioritizing content review initially. Uh huh. I love that you mentioned that active learning because we harp on that all the time. Active, active, active learning. Don't just read stuff over and over again. Really do lots of practice questions. And I think that's critical for success on the MCAT. So you mentioned you took three months to study that second time around. How much studying were you actually doing on a day-to-day basis during those three months? Yeah. So during those three months, I was studying like full-time because like I had initially been working full-time, but I had saved up just enough money because like I had tried to study and work full-time and it wasn't happening. Like I'd be working from eight to five, but then when I got home, I was just exhausted. And like, I know some people were able to do that, but for me, like I tried to do that for like two months and it wasn't working. So I decided like I had to just study full-time. So I had saved up enough money where I could like afford just living without working for about a couple of months. So I did that. So like I'd wake up every morning, like around six, I'd start studying like at eight and finish like around three or four. And like I had specific to-do lists, like I was like, I'm going to go through a hundred questions of this today. And then I'm going to read through this many passages for cars. And like, I had my scheduled breaks and stuff as well, but I was essentially studying full time for those um, three months. So it was your full-time job to study, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. And then how did, you know, for a lot of students, I think there's a huge psychological barrier to just getting the work done. It's like you see this mountain before you and it's overwhelming to think of like climbing the whole mountain. How did you approach it? How did you psych yourself up psychologically to get that work done? Yeah, I feel like it's definitely super daunting because everyone's just like the MCAT, like it's just like this really scary thing. And I remember like I had pushed this off for so many years because I think the first time I ever signed up to take it was like my junior year in college. So I had been pushing it off because it had been so daunting to me. And like, I was just like, I don't think I'm ever going to be ready for this. Like, how, how can I take this test? Like, how do I even get started? But at some point I was like, I want to get into medical school and I know I have to take this test. So I like had talked to a few different people, like some of my new mentors and like also follow people that were going through the application cycle too. Like I'd reached out to people and just, it was nice to, I guess, like hear from other people and realize like, you're not the only one going throughout this process. Like it's scary, but just like talking to other people that were prepping for the MCAT and like hearing that they also had the same fears and the same anxieties as I did made it feel a little bit better and like not as scary. Um, And so I think also... I guess just like taking the time to recognize that like some like, you know, imposter syndrome is real and like trying to 
sit down and like, just like logically tell myself, like, you know, I've made it this far, like I can totally do this. And like, I can break, as long as I break it into steps and like take it one day at a time, like I would make daily schedules for myself, then weekly schedules. And I'm like, okay, I I just take it like a week at a time. And then before I knew it, I was able to take practice full length tests and like take the test itself. So I think just breaking it into smaller chunks instead of just viewing it as like this big thing you have to do and be able to do right away. Yeah. Did you take practice tests? I'm curious, like from the beginning to kind of assess where you were and then later on to see how much you had improved or did you save most of those tests towards the end? Yeah. So the first time I took it, I just saved it towards the end and I it didn't work the best for me. Um, so the second time around when I was studying, I had taken like an initial like diagnostic test just to see where I was at to have an idea of like maybe what types of practice questions I should start off with. And then I think like I had started trying to do a test like for the first month and a half, I think I had just done like one test. And then when I got closer to, cause I was doing a bunch of like, um, you world practice questions throughout instead of just doing the full length test. So I'd do like a hundred questions of those a day based off of different topics that I noticed, like I had struggled with, with the initial tests. So then like towards like the last month and a half of my studying, then I was doing like a practice full length, like almost every other weekend. And then like the last two weeks I was doing one, like maybe two a week and then taking the following day to just review the practice full length, like going through every question, seeing the questions, even the ones I'd gotten right to see if I'd actually understood why I got them right and like understanding why the wrong answers are wrong and stuff. So I definitely started doing more practice um, full lengths towards like the end as soon as my date was approaching. I think that's one thing that can be a little intimidating too, is the prospect of taking a full length exam and really forcing yourself to like mimic test day circumstances. So like sitting down for the full six, seven hours and just doing it like you would on test day. How do you think that helped you? Like, like what was it about doing those practice, those full length practice tests that you think helped you for the actual test? Yeah, I think you kind of like touched upon it. Like it's just so daunting. And I know like the first time when I took the MCAT, I'd only taken one practice full length. And then I remember like the night before my test, like I couldn't go to sleep because I was so anxious because like I really didn't have an idea of what to fully expect. And I remember I only slept like I think two hours and my testing site was like a hundred miles away. So I had to wake up really early in the morning and it was just like not the best situation. And so I realized like, I know like there's a lot during test day that I can't control in the sense of what questions are going to come up, how I'm going to be feeling in that sense. But I was like, the more practice tests I take, like the more I feel like I can have a little bit of control of the situation in the sense of like, I'll know like how the brakes feel. I'll know like how just sitting for that entire section of cars is going to feel and then moving into lunch and stuff like that. So that's why I did the practice full lengths because it just helped me feel like I was more in control of the situation. I was able to like feel like before then the second time around when I took the actual test like the night before I slept totally fine like I didn't have those nerves as much as I did the first time around and I think it was because I had taken so many full lengths so I had an idea of what to expect and like how to feel throughout the entire day because it is like a marathon and you do feel like just sitting at the computer screen is a lot and I feel like if you don't practice doing that it it's like something that you don't really realize like besides like the content just learning how to take the test itself is like I feel like a really big part of just taking the MCAT as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. The marathon is a good a good analogy. It's the mental stamina. You know, you wouldn't go run 26 miles without having trained for it. So like, you can't expect to take a six, seven hour long test without training your mind to focus for those six to seven hours. So how many practice tests did you end up taking, do you think, leading up to that second time you took it? 
Yeah, I remember. I think it was like 13 full length tests that I had taken total throughout like the three months. So yeah, it was a lot. Like I know some people would be like, I would not recommend that many. And Uh I (laughs) would, but I know for me, like that's what worked for me because I knew like just going through it as many times as I could, like I would feel more comfortable test day because I knew this is what I'm going to be expecting. But like the week leading up to my test date, like I didn't take any. So I like, I'd taken a break like that last week. Cause I was like, I don't want to be burnt out. And like the day before the test, like I didn't study. I just took the time for myself just to relax and stuff. So I definitely made sure I did put in days where I was just not studying on end, especially leading up to the test day. Yeah. Giving yourself a break. Good. So there, anyone who's taking the MCAT sees that there are a ton of different materials to choose from, um, to help you prepare a lot of different test prep companies vying for your attention, for your dollars. So what did you end up using to help prepare? You mentioned UWorld. What were some of the other uh, resources that you used to help you prepare? Yeah, um, so I was fortunate, like I kind of mentioned, like I got a bunch of these resources for free through my postback program. Um, but if there was something that I'd recommend like investing in, like for sure would be UWorld just because like the format of the questions is like the same type of format as like the MCAT itself, like the tools in terms of like highlighting and striking through. So it's like you feel like you're kind of like, again, in that same environment in the sense of like how the questions are written and their explanations are really great, too. So like when I would use those questions, I would like say I missed a question on UWorld. I would go through the explanation and I would read through why the wrong answers are wrong and why the correct answer was correct. And then I would use like Onking, which is like the flashcard app. Uh And I would create flashcards. Like I would make my own flashcards. Like I know there's pre-med decks out there, but I found writing my own flashcards through my understanding of like the questions was really helpful. So I'd write the flashcards and then I would make sure like after I finished going through the questions, I would do those flashcards that day. And then keep up with them throughout the following days. So then I made sure like I was still touching upon that subject again. And then um, for cars, because I really struggled with cars my first time around the MCAT, I used um, a bunch of like free passages through like Jack Weston, which is like an online website. And like they would have like, again, like their format is kind of similar to like the MCAT in the sense of like how the questions are written on everything. And I found that very helpful. So I'll try to do like maybe four to five passages a day of that and like actually try to analyze the reading and like try to come up with questions as I was reading before I even got to the questions. And then in terms of like the full length tests, I would recommend if someone's like debating of which to purchase and like what to invest in, because again, they are really costly. I would recommend like the AMC full length practice questions and question banks, because they're going to be the most similar to the actual test itself. And I did find their question style very similar to like the questions during my test day. And then I also did use like next step full length questions, which I found the test to be a little bit more difficult than the actual MCAT test. So I used that more so for like timing and making sure I was getting through the questions at a pace that I felt comfortable with. But the questions I felt like were a little bit more challenging um, than the AMC full length questions, which are more representative of the actual MCAT. Yeah, I would echo that. The AAMC has great resources, including those full-length practice tests, which are going to be the closest you get to the real thing. Um, you mentioned timing. So one thing I've noticed is a lot of students, and including myself back when I was in that position, a lot of students struggle with finishing the questions on time. And of course, it's going to you know drop your score if you're not even getting through all of the questions. Did you struggle with that at all? And if so, how did you improve? 
Yeah, I definitely struggled initially. Like during my fir- the first time I took the MCAT, like I didn't get through, I think like four or five passages like during my test day. So it was really stressful. And I realized the second time I was studying that I did need to like be more cognizant of timing and figure out how to best um, make sure I was getting through the questions without rushing through them because you didn't want to make silly mistakes. And so a few of my mentors had given me like different pieces of advice. And like one that I really thought was helpful for me was like when I would try to do a section, like say I was going to do maybe like four practice questions for cars that day, I would kind of just like skip through those passages and like kind of like really quickly, like just skim through them to see if it was like a topic that I felt really comfortable with. And if it was, then I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and like start with this passage. If it was something where I was like, I don't feel like the most confident in this, then I would like skip through that passage and just go to the next one. And the next one that I found that I felt comfortable with, like I would go through. And I felt like with that, like I was able to like during my actual test day, like when I was going through passages that way, like I was able to come across like passages and questions that seemed a bit easier for me. And I was able to get through them faster than like the 10 minutes I had allotted for myself per passage. And so the more difficult ones I had saved towards the end and I had more time to go through them because like they don't order them, like the passages are not ordered in like, you know, increasing difficulty. There might be some easier passages towards the end. And if you just go through the passages one at a time and like you're rushed for time at the end, you might miss out on some easier questions because you just weren't able to get through them. And like, that's what happened during my actual test day. Like the second time around, I was like going through the passages and like, I had noticed some of the passages that were closer to the end of the section were a little bit more easier. And so I was able to get through those first and then go through the passages in the beginning. And then another thing that helped me with timing was just, just to kind of make sure like for every section I had like divided the time per passages evenly. So I'd kind of keep an eye on the clock, like for every half hour to make sure I was kind of going through a good amount of passages like gauging the time that way. But I didn't start doing that until like I got more further along in my studying. Like initially when I first started studying off, I was just trying to focus on like how I was processing the questions, how to analyze the concepts and how to just answer the questions themselves. And the timing would come naturally with that. And so I didn't focus on the timing initially because I feel like that's really stressful to try to like learn the concepts, learn how to take the test itself. And then also on top top of that, try to work on your speed. Um, So that was something I worked on like when I got like closer to the middle and end of my study. Yeah. And I think that's where those full length practice tests can really help too. It's just you practice doing it under those timed conditions. Another question, you mentioned that you did take the three months to just completely study. Um, A lot of students struggle to do that because of just economics, finances. And you mentioned yourself, you had to work through a lot of college to just help support yourself. Did you get help from your postback program to do that? Or did you just save up money and know that that was something you were going to have to do? Yeah, so I had kind of just saved up money. Um, it was the postback program I had paid for like my resources for the MCAT, like all the test prep materials. So that's something like I didn't have to worry about. Like, so I had just saved up enough money for like my rent and living expenses, which I feel like if I didn't have the postback program paying for those MCAT prep materials, I don't know if it would have been possible for me to take that time off. Gotcha. All right. And then if you don't mind sharing with us, what did you end up getting that second time around on your MCAT? Yeah. So the second time I got a 517, um, which I was definitely really happy with because I had worked for it. And like compared to the first time, which I had gotten was like a 506. And like, I like to share that with people because it's like, I didn't change in the sense of like, I didn't get any smarter in terms of like my intelligence or anything. It was just like, I was able to 
become more strategic about like how I studied. I had access to resources, which many people don't have access to. So I was privileged to have those practice questions and like also have mentors who provided information on which, what stuff I didn't know beforehand. So like, that's why I was able to improve my score. And like, actually, I feel like, which was a better representation of not only my knowledge, but just like, I guess like my test taking abilities too, because I had access to resources and knowledge, which I didn't have the first time around. That's amazing. And also, you know, an 11 point jump, that's, that's really inspiring. Um, So, you know, whatever your score is to begin with, like, if you put in that time, if you put in that work, there's nothing magical, like you said, it's just putting in the effort, anybody can do it with diligence. Um, And you're a wonderful example of that. Congratulations. That's an amazing score. Thank you. Do you have any, you know, just sort of general advice, you know, if you were talking to a student who's maybe in their senior year or in a postback program thinking of applying, looking up at that mountain of the MCAT and just sort of intimidated, what general advice do you have for them? I would say like kind of just repeating what I mentioned earlier, like taking as many practice questions as you can, because I feel like that's the best way to figure out. Like I remember a mentor telling me like, this piece of advice. And I didn't understand it initially, but I definitely do now. But it was like, you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it was like, and then he was like, just take the practice questions. And that's when you're going to realize what you don't understand. Because if you're not actually doing practice questions, like how do you know what information is actually solidified in your brain? So I would like definitely echo trying to take as many practice questions and practice full lengths as possible, like given like your financial resources and I would also recommend making sure like you set up a system where you could hold yourself accountable because the first time around, I like, I didn't have a way to actually check in with myself to understand if I was actually understanding what I wanted to, like in terms of like, was I actually understanding the physics topics that I had struggled with? Was I really making progress on cars versus the second time around? Like I had set up like mini self-assessments for myself at the end of the week where I would take them and like make sure that I had actually grasped the concepts that I'd try to learn that week. And if I didn't, then I would readjust my schedule for the next week. So being flexible with yourself too, because life happens and studying is like not the only thing you're going to be able to do. So just being flexible and adaptable with your study schedule was key as well. And like listening to your body and your mind and just making sure that you're prioritizing that as well. And I think just like, it's definitely a daunting thing, but it's definitely doable And like having a good support system was so invaluable for me too. So like, you know, having family and friends that you could talk to throughout the process is really helpful too. So if you're able to like um, talk to people, I would definitely say do that because that definitely makes it feel like less daunting and like you're not alone because there's people out there that are able to support you. Wonderful. Yeah. How did you manage to take breaks during that MCAT study time, those intensive three months? I was very strategic in the sense of like when I was studying during my study time, like I had my phone turned off. So it was like nothing was supposed to be bothering me. Like I had deleted my social media apps and everything. So then when I was done with my dedicated study time, like after 4 p.m., like I did not open any other books. Like I was done. Like I watched TV. I made sure like I checked in with my family and FaceTime my family. Like I went outside and did things that made me feel good. Like I read books, I painted and like like I was very stringent with that. Like I did not study after a certain point because I was like, there's, I'm not going to do that because I knew I'd get burnt out. And so I just did things that like made me feel good. And I would definitely recommend doing that all the time. Cause like, especially if you're studying for a long period of time, like it just can become very overwhelming and you don't want to get burnt out before your actual test day either. 
Well, thank you so much, Gurjeet, for sharing your story with us and sharing some of your study uh, preparation techniques. I'm so glad that you were able to succeed on the test and succeed in your mission to get into med school. You're in your first year of medical school now at Drew UCLA. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay. And how is it? How is it so far? What are you thinking of med school? I think it's it's we it's kind of surreal like being here because like you you know I've been working towards this for a few years so it's like I'm actually doing what I wanted to do but it's so it's great like even though it's been kind of through Zoom which was not something that I had expected it's just wonderful like learning about I guess like the science in a way that's actually applicable to people which is different than pre med like I feel like you're memorizing these random facts and you're just like why do I need to know all this but so far it's like you're actually learning things are clinically relevant and you're learning it in the context of how it's going to impact actual people's lives. So I just feel really like just grateful and privileged to be here. And like my classmates are wonderful too, because I'm in the small cohort with Drew and we're focused on like, you know, working with underserved populations. So it's a lot of people that have similar interests and like passions. So it's wonderful. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm here. Well, I'm so glad you're there too. You will be a wonderful doctor. I have no doubt of it. Um, and thanks again so much for your time. Um, Good luck in the rest of your first year of medical school. And thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Of course. Thank you for having me.